40 years have gone by so very quickly in a pastoral ministry. Of course, I uh, started when I was only 12 years old, and uh, I was the youngest and the cutest preacher the world had ever known. <laughs> Father, forgive me for I know not what I say. Anyway, I, I spoke here quite a few times. Uh, after Pastor Glenn Ryder stepped down, she will be lived in a Woodstock. It's a real joy to come once again and to share the Word of God. To see the congregation has grown tremendously uh, over the years. Of course, you want to give God all the praise and all the honor. Okay, let's all turn to uh, Exodus chapter 15, beginning from verse number 22. And read down to verse 27, Exodus chapter 15. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. Then they went out into the wilderness of Shear. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, but they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Mara. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. And when he cast it into the waters, the waters were make it sweet. There he made a statue and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them, approved them, and said, if, thou, if you diligently heeded the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptian, for I am the Lord who heal you. Then they came to Elam, where there were uh, 12, wa- 12 wells of waters and 70 palm trees, so they encamped there by the waters. Now this morning, I'm going to bring a message entitled God's Way. God's Way. Now we know the world has its way. Frank Sinatra also had his way. He sang, I did it my way. And God also has his way. Now, may I say, God's way is not always easy. Sometimes it can be very lonely, very long, and very tough. But God's way, mark it down, is always the best way and the most blessed way. You can, you can be sure of that. But I am convinced a lot of Christians who are saved, who are born again, who know the Lord in their heart as a personal Savior, but they never follow God's way. That's why they have never been able to live the kind of life that God intends them to live. So this morning, I want to share four things with you. There are four things we must realize that we ought to do or face we want to follow God's way. So there are four points message, very easy to remember. You may want to jot them down. I'm pretty sure it will 
help you and also me. Number one, we want to follow God's way. There is a proving. There's a proving or testing to be anticipated. Now look at verse 22 and 23 here in Exodus chapter 15. After Moses brought them out of Egypt, what happened in only three days, they came to the wilderness at Shear, where they found no water. Three days, mark it down. Three days, they found no water. Because they found no water, and then they journey in verse 23, journey from Shear to Marah, where the water was bitter, and they could not drink the water. Now, can you just imagine? God was the one who led them out of Egyptian bondage and led them to Shear and then to Mara. Now, very often we tend to blame the old devil and he always deceives us. Now, do you remember Flip Wilson? Flip Wilson, he once said, Oh, the devil make me do it. Now, flip Wilson, you're wrong. That's why you flip. And, uh, now, it's quite true. Sometimes when we don't follow God's way, it's due to the devil's deception. Now, we know that, but not always the case. In this case, God was the one who led them to where they were, where they found no water, or the water was uh, bitter. Yet, sometimes... We, when we don't follow God's way, uh, it was due to the devil's deception. Now, do you remember Adam and Eve? Why they disobey God? Why? Because they listened to a deception of a devil. So, uh, after they have disobeyed God, now you know the story. And God said, why do you disobey me? And Adam said, well, you know the woman you give her to me. And then Eve said, you know, the devil deceived me. And uh, the poor devil, now you know what I'm going to say. The poor devil said, I, but the devil got no one else to blame. Because he got no leg to stand upon. Is that the soul? So here, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, it was caused by the devil's deception. It's also true sometimes when we don't follow God's way, it's due to our own doing. Our own doing. Now, do you remember Jonah? Jonah. And the word of the Lord came to Jonah, loud and clear and simple. I want you to go to Nineveh to warn them of the coming of God's judgment. Wow, Jonah thought, I'm not going to bring the message to those bunch of uh, pagan, ungodly, wicked people. So the Bible tells us, So he went down to Joppa, and he found a boat, and he paid his own fare. Well, God had to send a big fish, the whale, to swallow Jonah. So in the belly of the whale university, and Jonah finally came to his senses. Now, a couple of things we can learn. Number one, 
Nobody can run away from God. Why? Because nobody can outrun God. It's a fact. Nobody can outrun God. Why have we not learned a lesson? No use to run away from God. Now, if we run away from God and go our own way, we have to pay our own fare, like Jonah. He got the money to pay for the fare, and he never got there. But if we go the God's way, God quite often, very often, so for sure, like the brother missionary, God always provide, and eventually you get to where God wants you to go. So it's very true. Sometimes when we don't follow God's way, it is caused by the deception of Satan. Sometimes it's caused by our own doing. See, when God proves us, when God proves us, not for him to find out who we are. God knows exactly who we are. It's for us to find out who we are. What we are really made of. How real is our faith? Now when God proves us, He does not intend to hurt us, to hurt us, or to now weaken us. When God proves us, He intends to humble us, to strengthen us. Now Dodi Rambo she was a very well-known gospel songwriter and singer. Some of those uh, gospel songs still in a hymn book, such as Behold the Lamb, is that is in love, we shall behold him. Now in the height of his singing career, her husband left her for another woman. And to add to the injury, the other woman happened to be her friend. So during those dark days, Dorothy Rambo thought that she would never write or sing again. But she realized they would not be pleasing unto the Lord. God has a purpose to put her through that testing. So as a result, she wrote this very well-known gospel song, Thank you for the valley I walk through today. The darker the valley, the more I learn to pray. I found you with the lilies are blooming by the way. And I thank you for the valley I walk through today. Life cannot always be a sunshine, or all the flowers would die, and all the rivers would be barren and dry. Life cannot always be a blessing, or there be no need to pray. And I thank you for the valley I walk through today. Thank you for every hill I climb, and every time the sun did not shine. And I thank you for every lonely night. And I pray till I knew everything was all right. And I thank you for the valley I walked through today. Because God put her through that proving. 
And this song has blessed and encouraged so many people who are going through the adversity in life. So if you want to follow God's way, always remember there is a proving, there is a testing to be anticipated. And then secondly, there is a peril, a peril to be avoided. Look at verse number 24. When they found the water was a bitter, what did they do? The Bible tells us in verse 24, they murmured against Moses. They don't really murmur against Moses. They murmur against God. Murmur, murmur. You know, murmur is a baby in a talk. You say, what do you mean? Now, when a baby is thirsty, the baby will say, wawa. Murmur, wawa. Get that? When a baby is hungry, and the baby will say, nam nam. Murmur, wawa, nam nam. <laughs> when a baby is tired, and the baby will say, nai nai. Murmur, wawa, nam nam, nai nai, is a baby talk. Now let's be very honest now. We add out murmur too. Now I haven't done it, and I am pretty sure I can speak out for you. Now let's just think, what do we murmur the most on Sunday in the church? What? Well, the building is too hot or too cold. But thank God we have a building in which to worship. All the baby or the children are too noisy. But thank God we have some baby and children in the church. Or we also murmur. What else? Oh, the music is too loud. Well, thank God we got enough people who want to sing out. Now, here's the thing we murmur the most on Sunday. Be honest now, the preacher for preacher too long <laughs> or too short. Yes, I got to admit, some preacher do preacher too long. Some preacher do preacher too short. I'm the only one who push it just right for about one hour. Well, so just relax, relax. I'm the only one who push it just right. No, no, this is not true. All the, the push the color of the tie and the shirt, they don't match. Now, I hope that my, they do match. Or you can tell me later on. And uh, so we murmur and we complain. It happens to every one of us. A man, his, uh, his uh, sailboat was capsized in the ocean. So he spent the next 21 days drifting hopelessly on a lifeboat. So when he was rescued, somebody asked him, what is the greatest lesson you learned through this experience? That's what he said. If you have fresh water to drink every day and food to eat every day, 
You ought never to complain about anything. Get a picture. You have the fresh water to drink and the food to eat every day. You ought never to complain about anything. You know the problem with us in this country is not that we don't have enough food to eat. In fact, we have too much to eat. It shows on some of us, doesn't it? We have too much to eat. You know the Bible tells us in First Corinthians chapter six and verse number eight, having food and clothing. Let us therefore be content. First Corinthians and First Timothy six and eight. If we have food and clothing, let us therefore be content. So if we follow God's way, number one, be very sure there is a proven to be anticipated. Number two, there is a peril, the peril murmuring. To be avoided, and then thirdly, there is a procedure. There is a procedure to be adopted. Now look at verse twenty-five here in Exodus chapter fifteen. What did the murmur? What did Moses do? He cried out unto the Lord. He cried out unto the Lord immediately. He did not try to find a solution from anywhere else. Now, very often, when something bad comes to our life, we always cry out unto God as a last resort. When all the human resources have failed, and then we will, as a last resort, to cry out unto the Lord. I am guilty. Just as much, a young woman was employed as a seamstress in a garment factory in New York City. So on the first day of her job, she tried so hard to do a good job. The more she tried, the more her threads all entangled. So in the in frustration, she began to weep. And the foreman, the foreman came along and said, "What's the matter? What's the matter, you? What's the matter with you?" He said, "Look at my thread; they're all entangled." And the foreman said to her, "Look at the side above of your head. They say when you are in trouble and your threads are entangled, call upon the management." Ah, did you like that? When you are in trouble. And the thread of my life, of your life, are entangled. Call upon the Lord. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Now I hear somebody say, "Oh, we Christian ought to be able to live above all the circumstances." You know that's not scriptural. No Christian can live above all the circumstances. Now one day we will. We are part of the world. In fact, the Bible tells us in John chapter sixteen and verse thirty-three: "In this, in the world, ye shall have tribulation. Sickness can come to every one of us, whether you are a Christian or not. And your children can rebel. 
whether they are raised in a Christian home or not. Yes, trouble and problem testing can come to every one of us. But thank God one day we are able to live above all the circumstances. Now what happens when the problem, when the trial come our way, now we, number one, got to take it to the Lord in prayer like Moses. Now very often he said, Lord, please change my circumstances. While God may or may not change, I think the best prayer should be, Lord, if you don't change my circumstances, please change me. Wow, I like that. God, you may not change my adverse circumstances. Please change me. Change me. Now, Hudson Taylor, the founder of a China Inland Mission, after he had been in China for quite some, quite some time, he could not get used to the way of the Chinese living. And every day, and uh, the, the housekeeper, and uh, he's, uh, she served him rice for breakfast, rice for lunch, and rice for supper. Never fail every day. Oh, poor Hudson Taylor. He said, Lord, how I long till the bread and potato for a change. <laughs> rice and rice. And he said, Lord, if you don't change, uh, don't change the rice, help me to change myself. Now, next day, you can guess. The housekeeper served him rice for breakfast, rice for lunch, rice for supper. But thank God, this time, this time, God changed Hudson Taylor. And on that day, God gave him a real healthy appetite for rice. Yes. And Lord, if you can change my circumstances, thank God for that. If not, please change me. Now, God did not change the circumstances for Moses. But God changed our Moses to give him the right attitude. And towards the day, towards them, they murmur against him. So when we, if we want to follow God's way, let's always remember, number one, there is a proven, it will come to be anticipated. Number two, there is a peril, the peril of a murmuring to be avoided. And then number three, there is a procedure. Take it to the Lord in prayer to be adopted. Now here is the good news. Number four, there is a panacea to be applied. Panacea. I'm so glad I've been to the college. I learned some big words. I do not know what they mean. Panacea. <laughs> It used to be penicillin was a panacea. It's no longer. Panacea simply means a cure. The cure, the pana, a panacea to be applied. Now what is the cure? Look at verse 25 once again. After Moses had taken to the Lord in prayer and God showed Moses, look, there is a tree. Look down, look again, verse 25. There is a tree 
and cast the tree into the water, and that tree will turn the water from bitterness into sweetness. Now you say, what is the tree? What is the tree? Now Apostle Peter talks about the tree. Turn to First Peter chapter two and verse twenty-four. First Peter chapter two and verse twenty-four is a very key verse. Here the Bible tells us who in his own self, our Lord Jesus, who in his own self bear our sin, his own body on a tree. Yes, our Lord will nail to the wooden cross, but the wood comes from the tree. What is that tree? The tree is a gospel of the crucifixion of our Lord Christ Jesus. Oh, you know something? The gospel message already preached way, way back there in the book of Exodus. While every one of us has trial, has a pain, has a discouragement, and also has a disappointment. Now, what shall we do? What shall we do? Always remember, if we put our Lord Christ Jesus right in the very middle or center of all our problems, if we let the Holy Spirit take full control in our life, yes, He alone can turn our bitterness into sweetness. Yes, He alone can turn our complaint into the compliments. He alone can turn our burden into a blessing. If we put our Lord Christ Jesus right into the middle of whatever adversity or problem that we may have in our life. After Moses cast the tree into the water and the water became sweet. Now here's the good news. Look at verse 27. God led them to Elam. From Mara to Elam. They, they are 12, 12 wells of water, 70 palm trees, Old Testament Hawaii. And they encamp by the water. Think about that. From Mara, the place of bitterness, now, once uh, Moses obeyed what the Lord told him to do, and uh, the Lord led them from Mara, the place of bitterness, into Elam, the Old Testament Hawaii, and they encamped by the water. I can almost hear them say, Whoopee! Thank God! But one thing, the distance between Mara and Elam is only about seven miles apart. Not that far. So the bitterness and sweetness are not that far apart. Uh, here today or this morning, we can choose. We can choose to remain at Amara. Yeah, we can choose to do that. 
the place of bitterness. Or we can choose to move from Mara to Elam, only a very short distance away. And the choice is yours and mine. As we enter into the new years of 2017, every one of us will have the hurt, the trial, the disappointment, and discouragement. Now we can either choose to remain in Mara, or we can move a very short distance to Elam. Where are we this morning? And let's pray.